Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. again everyone and welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe pasillo as always joined by joe resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go into the breach on the veritas catholic radio network 1350 on your am dial 103.9 on your fm dial spreading the truth of the catholic faiths in the new york city metropolitan area two things please download the app share it with your friends this way you have access to all of our station's content and if you like joe and i and what we do we have our political and cultural commentary on social media so you can follow us on facebook youtube twitter like subscribe share do all that fun stuff help us out now today we're very pleased and honored to be joined by tom mckenna uh tom has written the commentary for Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke's book, Respecting the Body and Blood of the Lord When Holy Communion Should Be Denied. Um, and Joe, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, we say we're going into the breach. Today we're going into the breach. Uh, many of you out there uh, at Veritas, you know who Tom McKenna is, but by way of a brief introduction, Thomas McKenna is the founder and president of Catholic Action for Faith and Family and St. Gianna Physicians Guild. He also serves as the executive director of the Confraternity of Catholic Clergy, a national association of priests and deacons. He is the author of The Fatima Century, How the Pilgrim Virgin is Changing Our Generation, and St. Gianna Beretta Mola, a modern-day hero of divine love. He lectures nationally and internationally. Uh, he has published articles in a variety of Catholic journals in the United States and abroad. Thomas has worked very closely with Cardinal Raymond Burke over the last 25 years and is a member of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem and a fourth-degree Knight of Columbus. And everybody out there knows Cardinal Burke, but just remember, he is an American Cardinal Prelate of the Roman Catholic Church. He was born in Richland Center, Wisconsin. Uh, Raymond Leo Burke attended seminary in La Crosse, Washington, D.C., and Rome, and he was ordained a priest by Pope St. Paul the Sixth in 1975. Tom McKenna, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe, brother. Thank you for inviting me tonight. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to Joe, and then we're going to have a great conversation. Joe. Tom, it's our custom to always pray to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. Amen. Tom, this is a very important conversation, if you ask me. This is something that uh, Joe and I have talked about since we started this show. This is something I used to teach in RCIA, to be honest with you. I was asked to leave teaching RCIA because of this was a driving factor because I taught it as it was written and people had a problem with it. Um, but first, how did you get involved with this book and how do you know Cardinal Burke? Well, I've, I've known Cardinal Burke for over 25 years and we're friends. I've collaborated. I got to know him 
in my work for the church. My whole life, I've been involved in Catholic ministries, defending the church and promoting the truth, trying to push back against this culture and the liberalism in the actually in the Catholic church today, which we all experience. So um, we have this book, and for your, for those who, who would like to know, it's the title is Respecting the Body and Blood of the Lord, When Holy Communion Should Be Denied, and it's published by Sophia Press. And it actually, this, this, this deals with the whole exp explanation of the church, why the church has a canon, the canon law. We have laws of the church like we have laws in civil law, but there's canon law that pertain to the church. And one of those canon laws is called Canon 915. And basically what it explains is in the life of the church, if you have someone who is a public and notorious sinner, so, so it's not a private sin, so who is, you know, giving bad example and scandal, the word, the word, keyword is scandal, and they, they don't repent, we, so the authorities of the church have the obligation, not just the right to, but the obligation to censure them, to say, you, you're not worthy to receive Holy Communion because you are sinning and it's public, everyone knows about it, and so it's a scandal, and so we're not going to permit you to come forth and receive communion. Well, if you go to reconciliation, if you publicly retract what you're, whatever they have said or whatever the public sin was, then you can be back in union with the church. And this is something that is very, in, our, in the modern world, very misunderstood today, and they, they, they in the, today's dynamics, especially in the church, you have those that are saying you can never censure someone because by doing that you're you're let's say some say weaponizing the Eucharist you're you're being you know that's not what the Eucharist is about. But in reality, this book that Cardinal Burke wrote it shows how this act of denying communion or you know telling someone it's based on charity. It's not penal. It's not like okay we're going to show you. It's based on love and charity. So the pastor loves the sinner. And this is, you know, if the person is obstinate, you need to take stronger measures. And so it's it's not it's not something about you know denying them communion as being mean. It's actually based on charity. And I think that's something that many people misunderstand. And that's what Cardinal Burke shows forth in this book through the teachings of the church, through the lives of saints, examples of saints who have talked about it. He shows that this has been the perennial teaching of the church from the very beginning when our Lord founded it. Joe, let me what, just what, go back go up ahead, for a go little ahead, bit Joe. because, like, we went into uh, the canon, um, the the catechism of the Catholic Church, which basically, for those who may not know, I hope you do, is basically a book that lays out what the church believes. Um, one was published by John Paul in 1992. In that, it's very clear: if you are in the state of mortal sin. Now, what is mortal sin? Grave in nature. You know it's grave in nature. You do it anyway. The three qualities which make something mortal sin. You cannot receive the Eucharist. You have to go to confession because there are two sacraments. We can't confuse the two, and I think sometimes people do. So talk about that. Before we get into the public scandal, before we get into like the canon, I think we have to lay the groundwork. This is a perennial teaching of the church, St. Paul notes it in scripture if you are in a state of mortal sin you have to go to confession that's why the church in her wisdom in most churches in america have confession on saturday because why 
on Sunday, we go to Mass. And if we're going to receive at Mass, we should be in a state of grace because it's a teaching of the church. Talk about that. Yes. Um, you know, this is like you said, this is, these are the basics that we learn in, you know, catechism is that we have to have our state in, be in the state of grace to receive Holy Communion. If we're not in the state of grace, you know, we, by our fallen nature, we commit a mortal sin, we, we, can, we can go to Mass, but we shouldn't receive communion because that now is compounding it into a sacra, kind of a, a sacrilegious reception of communion. Because to receive communion when you're in the state of mortal sin, you've just compounded a, a, a greater sin. And so that's that's what people have to do when it becomes public. Like if, if a priest knows there's some, you know someone this person is um, doing something that's you know openly immoral, or the church knows that that the priest has an obligation to maybe call the person aside ahead of time. But if the person obstinately comes up like and, and the priest knows that this person is, is is in a situation, for example, someone that has been divorced not by annulment, divorced. And now they remarried outside the church. This the church says this person is not worthy to receive communion because you are living in, in a constant state of mortal sin. So that if a priest knows that, you know, after you know, should warn him ahead of time or talk to him. And if that person shows up and everybody knows the situation, that's the point. Now it's public. The priest on a case like that should say, you know, give them communion, give them a blessing. I mean, I know priests who have had to do that before. They don't make a big deal out of it. They'll give them a blessing. But they cannot give them Holy Communion because they know that this person is, has not repented. And I think that's something that today people are very rel you know, relativize this very much. And, and Joe, I, I know you want to ask a question. I just want to say that's not your opinion. I think that's very important. What we're saying is this is doctrinal. This is a doctrine of the yes. church. This is not my opinion. It's not Tom's opinion. It's not Joe Pasilla's opinion. This is the teaching of the church. Well, along those lines, and if anybody's just joining us, we're here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network on the front line with Joe and Joe. We're being joined by Tom McKenna. Tom wrote the commentary for a, a book written by Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, Respecting the Body and Blood of the Lord When Holy Communion Should Be Denied. And that's available at Sophia Press. You know what I'm going to say. Please support our Catholic publisher, so buy it from the publisher. Um, now, Tom, here's the thing. Joe and I are from Jersey. After having made things very clear in the first 10 minutes or so of this conversation, this is the way that I say it, okay? What's the problem? What's, see, that's the Jersey in me comes out because everything I heard, and again, I love when Joe says that, when Joe always says, you know, hey, I didn't go to the Gregorian. We, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't study, but we know the faith. We could read. So then again, my question, Tom, to you, please outline it for our audience. What's the problem? Well, I mean, the, the problem is that in today's world, um, we, we live in this, everyone thinks relativistic, and sadly we see that even amongst the clergy and the hierarchy uh, today. And people don't want to speak out and clarify the issues. You know, one of the characteristics of, of modernism, a, a heresy in the church that was defined by St. Pius X, one of the key elements he said is in modernism, within modernists who people who want to undermine the church, he said is is confusion, is ambiguity, and that's a key element, ambiguity. And I think that is a key word for us to use because today everything is ambiguous. Right. When it comes to doctrine, we have to say you know this is not ambiguous. 
it's either yes or no when you're dealing with moral issues. It's not, there is no gray area. One, a good example that uh, I, I use also that I know it's, it's a, a hardship for a lot of priests these days because people just don't understand it. For example, a Catholic cannot attend a same-sex, quote, marriage. No, it's not a marriage. You cannot. You can go to a Jewish wedding if you have friends. You can go to a Protestant wedding because if that's what their right is, if that's what they believe, you don't participate, but you can go because that's their right. A same-sex marriage, you commit a grave sin by going to that. Well, that's something that so many Catholics today and so many priests, when they tell people uh, that you can't do that, the people, oh, you're being mean. That's, it's my grandchild. It's my it's my brother. You know, I, ha I have to do it for family unity. And they're mistaken there because when it comes to moral issues there, you can't compromise on God's law. And I think that's something that people need to understand in the catechism where God's law trumps our own feelings. And that's why some, so today you have people saying, well, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to. And so we, as a result, we see so many people that are, are special. I mean, it's focused on, it's not just politicians, but they're usually a focus because they are in the limelight of making legislation. And many of them are voting contrary to their faith and still showing up for communion or should go to the church acting like, I can be a pro-abortion, you know, Catholic. That's my, you know, that's what like Nancy Pelosi, you know, uh, um, in Los, in the San Francisco Archdiocese, was told earlier this last year that she could not present herself for Holy Communion in the diocese because a Speaker of the House, a lifelong, you know, member of, of our House of Representatives, she's always been consistently pro, radically pro-abortion, and finally. When she stopped, you know, talking with the archbishop after several years, he was trying to work with her for several years about this. It wasn't a, a quick, you know, response. Finally, she cut him out. He had to come public with it because of the scandal that she was giving. So I think that's important. But yes, these prelates should clarify the issue, and that's why Cardinal Burke wrote this book, hopefully to inspire people to explain why the church. It's not Cardinal Burke's opinion or my opinion, or Cardinal Archbishop Cordiglione's opinion of San Francisco. This is the teaching of the church, and they have a, prelates have an obligation to clarify it, and we don't see that today to the degree it should be. This is, it's a scandal. It's a public Good. scandal. Two, uh, two, two quick comments, Tom McKenna, and then I'm going to hand it over to Joe Racinello. One is, uh, yeah, see, it, it, what bothers me about the politicians that walk into church, um, walk into mass, and go up for Holy Communion is is that they know in their heart they're being very brazen. It, I always took it as a mockery. Like, I believe, I now again, I could be wrong, but this is the way I take it, okay? I take it as though they're mocking faithful Catholics by walking up there. That's mo one of my problems with them, okay? Yeah. The other one is this. Some circles, and I really, it bothered me. It really bothered me. Archbishop Cordelion stated in his letter that he has had conversations with Nancy Pelosi for years, as you just alluded to, okay? Yeah. And some in the Catholic Church were saying, uh, people who I probably would agree with on many things, but they said, well, you know, after 10 years, he finally says something. I, I caution people and say, you don't know what sort of pastoral approach Court Archbishop Cordelion took to try to deal with Nancy Pelosi, okay? You're not in his shoes. Um, and finally, like you said, he got to the point where he had no choice. But I would cut the guy a little bit of a break, okay? He's dealing in a high-profile politician, a high-profile diocese in San Francisco, and he's tried for years privately to, to convince her to uh, of the error of her ways. And finally, he had to make that choice. So I just wanted to make those two comments, uh, Tom McKenna. Joe Resinello. 
I want to back up a little bit um, and go to the laity. I think there's a lack of catechesis. Again, grave mortal sin is you have to know what you're doing. You know, many people are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. It's not my opinion. Again, it's the teaching of the church. Read it. You just got to read it. So that that's a fact. Um, I want to back up to to prelates, and I'm not going to name names, but I'm just going to speak generally. Particularly bishops. These are very smart men. They're, that's not a, even a discussion. You were trained. And the teaching is brutally clear. It's brutally clear. I'm not trained, but I could read. And it's brutally clear. Now, this is what I don't understand, and I'm going to put it to you. I'm a person that lives under authority. I'm a married man. I took vows, which means I am under the, the authority of the church, and God will judge me as a married man because I took vows. Yep. You are under vows, too. That's point one. Point two, there is authority, structure in the church, which means you have a boss. I work under authority. I work in a corporate setting, which means there is authority. There is a hierarchy, and I have to do what I'm told or I lose my job. What I don't understand is in the church, there is a distinct hierarchy, and if you don't do what you're supposed to do, why isn't there an action? And I, it's been proven that it can be done because Pope Francis has acted. In fact, he acted with Cardinal Burke. He took him out of his situ his position. I'm not going to judge him, but he did. He took many people out of positions. So it can be done. My point is this. If you're not going to act, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Jersey on you, Tom. Don't write it down. It's insulting. It insult. No, my father. My father was a barber, a simple man. What he used to say: the rules apply to me; they don't apply to them. That's the scandal. The scandal. You have a vow. You took a vow. You know how to read. And if there is nothing done, then don't write it down. I don't want to see a letter. I don't want to see a memo on a on a on a website. It's clear as day. And you got to act. And here's the deal. And I'm going to stop here and I'm going to let you comment. That's part of the job. As a married mm. man, I have responsibilities. I have to provide. I have to protect. I have to stay faithful. God's going to judge me on those things before anything else. Well, you know something? You took vows. If you're not going to live up to those vows and you're a smart guy, you know what the vows are. Then you shouldn't have done. You shouldn't have taken the vows. That's what I say. Shouldn't have taken them. It's part of the job. Your comments. I don't think I'm being harsh either. I'm just calling it like it is. Well, I, I think, you know, when we talk about scandal, yes, on a high-profile figure, I would say the um, the person, let's say a, 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 the president, it's a scandal. But I would venture to say an even greater scandal is, is the bishop that is seeing and hearing this person the most pro-abortion person in the world has the, has the microphone, and that prelate doesn't say say or do anything to contradict it. That is a great, I consider a grave scandal. And one of the questions I would like to ask, you know, because one of the things I like to say is denying Holy Communion. This is an action at the end of the line. This is not, you know, first the, the person needs to enter into a dialogue to reach out to the sinner. 
my question to many of these bishops would be, who's talking to Joe Biden? Joe, Joe Biden is the most pro-abortion president in the history of our country, I believe. Okay, so he, the, the, the Cardinal of Washington has said, you know, he, he's, he's not going to deny anyone communion there. I would like to ask him, are you in conversation? Who's in conversation with Joe Biden? Because if he's just being left, you know, on his own, continuing with his position, he's going down the wrong road here. And so that's the question. Is, is, some, is there dialogue is, in all these places around the country? Are these bishops reaching out, making an effort? And I don't believe they are, because we don't see it. And so that, that is something that is very, when you were talking about obligations, a, a parent, so a parent, for example, that doesn't discipline a child who's, you know, is mean and misbehaving as a youngster and just lets the child go and that child ends up being a serial killer, the parent has culpability in that because the parent had the obligation as the parent, the authority, to intervene, whether they could do it or they had to get special help. If they don't, they commit a sin of omission. Well, I think we see the same thing going on in today's world to different degrees with a, with, with a hierarchy of priests who, who, don't, who don't reach out and don't clarify the church's teaching as they're supposed to. They just want to you know, go along to get along, and that's not what the church is. Our Lord said, you're a yes, yes, or no, no. And you have to do it pastorally. I'm not saying to be mean and all of a sudden build out. There's ways of doing this to talk about it. But on the other hand, if you never talk about the hard issues in, if, from a homily or anything else, then you are dropping the ball. Hundred percent, and, and you're hundred percent, and like I said, it's part of the job. Just like I have a job as a married man, I have five kids. I take vows. You take vows. This is clear, Tom. I'll be honest with you. This shouldn't even be a discussion. Do you well, know? In yes, my job, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, my boss has global responsibilities. Big job. If I don't do what I, I'm supposed to do, you know what happens to me? I'm fired. fired. I am gone, Tom. I am gone fast. So I simply do not understand. Maybe I'm stupid, Tom. Maybe I am. You could tell me. Like, maybe I'm stupid, but I don't get it. This is clear. And here's the deal. Willfully ignoring it, people in the pews know. And it's an, it's a scandal. And here's another thing. If you don't want to do that, you're in the wrong job. I want to I want to just follow up on that for a second. What Joe just said, Nancy Pelosi, at the end of the day, she has gotten a wake up call. Now, whether she rejects that wake up call or not, what was important is that publicly she has defied the teaching of the church. And Archbishop Cordelione has publicly said in this diocese and others, let's let's be clear, other bishops have said have followed suit. I think the Bishop of Napa uh, said the same thing. Um, again, in, in, you're reaching out to her. It's a wake-up call for her. If nothing else, like you mentioned, Tom McKenna, if nothing else, at least you're planting the seed with that person. Okay, time for talking's done. You're in serious danger. You cannot receive communion. I hold out hope for Nancy Pelosi that maybe she'll come to her senses and say, being she's old, you know, the cardinal, the, the cardinal just said something that maybe I, I ought to re repent of. Your comments on that, Tom? Well, I think you're, you're, you're right. I mean, Archbishop Corleone publicly let people know and, and invited them to fast on Fridays for Nancy Pelosi, for her conversion. He, he, this was, this, he's, a, I know him personally, but this is, 
this is not for show. I mean, this is something for real because he, and he's told me this, he said, what she, my job as the pastor is to help this person, to, to warn this person. What they do with it, I, when I die, when he dies and goes before his maker, and, and the maker says, did you admonish these sinners that you tried to, yes, I did, okay. That's what he did on his part. And that's what weighs on, weighs on a true pastor of the church is, did I do everything in my power to bring my flock along? Because he had a problem, you know, problem of conscience. Also, for for the rest of his flock, she's a public scandal. And some people say, "Well, you know, she's a," she, and she says, "I'm I'm Catholic. I go to church." And then she next thing she was voting for abortion. He can't just let that go. So you're you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. And I think that's why Cardinal Burke wrote this this book that we're discussing here, respecting the body and blood of our Lord. When the Holy Communion should be denied, denied, it's not his opinion. It's it's a matter of you cannot do something. Why people aren't doing it? Each one, they're going to have to answer for that. It's up oh, to them. Yeah. It's between them and God. But on the other hand, if, if the scandal that's going on, if that affects the faith of other people, that prelate is responsible. Yeah. And it is. If somebody says, "Oh, I see so and so is going to communion and they're voting pro-abortion their whole life," it's so obviously it can't be that bad. If that's what, and I know that is what people think, that prelate or that priest who did not make clear, they are, that's on them. They, they're responsible for that. Tom McKenna, let me ask you this, um, because I, I want to be clear. Like, I understand I, we certainly don't agree with the pro-choice position, okay? People have, like, a, a very Americanist idea, oh, well, we can't impinge on somebody else's freedom. That's one category, okay? And again, we don't agree with that. But these people we're talking about, and let's be clear, this book is written because of abortion, okay? This is where we, we have condoned for too long these brazen politicians who call themselves Catholic. Biden said he'll shove his rosary beads down your throat. You know, he carries his rosary beads. He makes sure you know that. Here's my argument. As Joe mentioned and you mentioned, stop thinking we're all stupid. You're not pro-choice. And you, 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 or pro-life, and you can't impose your views. You're pro-abortion. You support taxpayer funding for abortion. You, you don't agree with any restrictions whatsoever on abortion. Two hundred and some odd Democrats, some of whom are Catholic, just said that a baby born alive after a botched abortion does not have the right to medical care. Stop, stop with this idea that you're pro-choice. Okay, you are pro-abortion meaning you're pro-baby murder. Let's be clear on that. A uh, quick comment from you, Tom, before we go to the break on that. Well, I th you're absolutely right, Joe. Is this is, this, this, these are not ambiguous things. This, sadly, tragically, this, this current administration we have is the most proactively pro-abortion that we've ever seen. Whether it's it's all across the board, it's it's healthcare. When when there's this these there's some protest over the um the now they want the military to fund abortions on which has always been opposed to it who's the first ones advocating out there for it is the administration so it's it's a it's a grave it's a grave scandal and that's what you know cardinal burke when he when he talks about it, it he always says you know this is not my opinion this is not for me to judge i have to be as a prelate of the church i have to be consistent with what the church it's like a policeman if a policeman you know, the, the, the law of the land is the speed limit is 55. You can't have a policeman over here saying, well, my area, I'm going to let people go 85. And the other one says, 50, he's not being true to what the law of the land is. Well, if you're not enforcing what the church is saying, 
what the doctrines are, and you're teaching that, you're not being consistent. And God is going to judge you on that. And that's something very important. And that's something that people like Cardinal Burke and Archbishop Corleones and many others, they take that seriously. Yeah. One thing I'm glad, we're going to go to a quick break, Tom McKenna. One of the things I'm glad you mentioned was that, yes, um, in mercy um, and, and concern for Nancy Pelosi's soul, the bad guy, Archbishop Corleone, the way the press wants to make him out, okay, exhorted Catholics to fast for her and her repentance on this position. I think that's very important and definitely should not be overlooked. If you're just joining us here at the Frontline with Joe and Joe, the book is written by Cardinal Leo Burke, respecting the body and blood of the Lord when Holy Communion should be denied. The commentary written by our guest today, Tom McKenna. This is a great conversation. We urge everybody to please, uh, when you buy the book, buy it from the publisher. Tom, real quick though, if somebody can't buy it from Sophia, where else is it available? It's available on Amazon or any Catholic, most Catholic bookstores across the country, but Amazon and um, Sophia, they can go to sophiainstitute.com and purchase it there. It's All right, let's take, well, let's take a quick break. Go, go ahead, Tom. It's a, the, the book is $14, and I think it's a, it's a beautiful book for, you to, for parents to read with their families and, and, and understand the issue better. Absolutely. We're going to continue this conversation, Tom, after this break on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith, families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and His Church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. And we are way, way, way in the breach with Tom McKenna. Tom's written the commentary to Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke's new book, Respecting the Body and Blood of the Lord, When Holy Communion Should Be Denied. And that's available at Sophia Press. We encourage you to buy it from the publisher. If you have to, Joe and I will allow you to buy it from Amazon. But we certainly would prefer that we support our Catholic publishers. Tom, let's continue this great conversation. Joe Resinello. I want to back us up a little bit uh, in case people don't understand why we're talking about this. Um, I believe that Catholics, we could change the world tomorrow by doing two things, receiving the Eucharist, the Eucharist worthily. How do we do that? We go to confession because the church teaches you have to be in a state of grace to receive the Eucharist. It's very simple. Grave sin, you cannot receive the Eucharist. And I just want to tell you, like— where I go to daily mass, there's a man. I see him every day. Well, three times a week, I go to another church two times a week. He doesn't receive. I always pray for him when I get back to the pew. He did not get formally taught. In fact, Tom, he looks like a construction worker. He looks like he could break walnuts with his hand. Like, and I'm not exaggerating. The man is thick as, as like a wall. He, he comes, sometimes he's with his wife, sometimes he's not. Today, he was not. But he does not receive. And every time I receive and I kneel down, I pray for him because he's there. So he clearly knows this man. He doesn't look like he went to uh, an Ivy League school. He doesn't look like he's dumb. But he's clearly not at the level of education of some of our cardinals and bishops. He doesn't receive. So... When we receive in the state of grace, and this is why I say Catholics could change the world, Jesus Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity enter our soul. He is God. And when we clear all the garbage out of the way, and we all have it, I go to confession at least once a month, 
many times twice a month. Um, we could change the world because Jesus said so. That changes everything. If Catholics did that in America, the whole country changes tomorrow. That construction guy knows that. Talk about that for those who may not know, because that's a reality. Yes, it, it is a reality, and, and I think everyone knows, uh, you know, deep down in their heart that they're not in if they're, if they're not in the state of grace. I mean, hopefully they had some kind of a catechesis, but anyone that professes to be Catholic should know um, should know and understand those basics. And I think that's you you, you drive a good point. There is um, you you have to you have to live accordingly, and you know if 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 you're not, then and then like you said, this this person. A lot of times you'll see people go up not receive communion with their hands crossed like this to get a blessing. They're there. They want to, whatever the reason is, hopefully there's a situation that they can correct it. You know, sometimes a person's in an invalid marriage and they, you know, it, it takes a lot for them to, you know, to make a, make a plan how they're going to straighten that out, but they have to make true amends. And I, I think that's a point that today, um, one of the things I wanted to mention, why, why this issue that Cardinal Burke has addressed here and why abortion is such an issue is it's very important in the political realm because the largest single voting block in the United States is the Catholic, the, those who profess to be Catholics. There's no other one that's anywhere near that. Almost, let's say those who profess is around 24% at this state. They're not all practicing, but they prefer. In the last 60 years or so, whatever candidate had the Catholic vote won the election. That's 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 just the numbers there. So that's why these issues are very important. Abortion is an issue. It's not going away. It's the killing of unborn children. We we can never drop that. This will never become normal in our country. And that's why always when it comes around to the election cycle, abortion is a key issue, and a key issue because if the Catholics, like you mentioned, Joe, if they all voted, if they acted and therefore voted according to their faith. We, we wouldn't have abortion. We would clear, we, the situation would be totally changed, but we don't see it. And that's what the role is, why organizations like Catholic Action for Faith and Family, why the prelates, why Rucho, working to clarify these issues for Catholic is so important because people, if they voted, if they acted according to what they should, our country would be a different place. I totally agree with you on that. No, no, and, and it's the truth. I, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of frustrating because Joe and I, you know, when we were, when we were talking politics on our uh, on our social media show, um, you know, obviously, you know, Republicans have their problems, okay, and and many times it's difficult to vote for Republicans, but it is the pro life party, even though some want to change that. It is the pro life party. Sorry about this for, for anybody out there as a Democrat. Your party's a bunch of psychotics right now, aside from just abortion, and we're not going to get into all that other stuff that Catholic politicians, again, are supporting, okay, like transgenderism and, and everything else out there. The Democrat Party is is not – it has become insane. The things that they propose are not what they proposed 30 years ago, let's say, for argument's sake. They're, they're not liberals anymore. They're wackos. Sorry if that sounds harsh. My problem is that, you know – you have you have uh, 22 million self-identified Democra uh, Democrats for life, okay? Kristen Day's organization. We tried to get her on the show. For some reason, we can't seem to get her on the show. I want to talk to her. Why are you voting for this party, okay? When they've – and, by, and I bring this up because Biden and everybody else has told them we're not changing a damn thing. Not one damn thing. 
as 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 far as far as it goes. And I think people should get that through their head. But where I wanted to go real quick, Tom, is Glenn Beck, uh, who's not Catholic. He was uh, he, he converted to Mormonism from Catholicism. Um, and Charles Krauthammer, when he was alive, both said similar things. Okay, said that if it was not for the Catholic Church, abortion would have gone away a long time ago as an issue. I think that's true. I think a lot of people want it to go away. They really do. I think now that Roe versus Wade is overturned, they really want us to shut up about it. Okay, at least on on a national level. Say, well, go ahead, go fight it. You know, in your state, let's say. Um, no, no. To talk about the importance of that. The answer is no. That's right. If it wasn't for the Catholic Church, because because we were at the forefront from the beginning, this is not to be allowed. That's why it's so important that Catholic politicians be told in a pastoral and merciful way, you cannot receive Holy Communion, and which is the topic of, of Cardinal Burke's book. Talk about that a little bit, Tom. Well, you, you, you point out a very important aspect of this is that you, you it's an inconsistency. That we see when when someone is says they're pro-abortion, or e even you know it's it's you know you have like you said um, many years ago the Democratic Party was the work it was the People's Party before abortion all these horrible things you know came about and so Catholics that was you know a lot of you know Catholics were were uh, Democrat but people have to realize that that has changed now that the Democratic Party is the party of pro-abortion there so again we're not talking politics here. But, um, but it does translate into the law of the land when you, who, who are people voting for. And I think that's that's one of the issues that came up with, with that kind of inspired Cardinal Burke to, to write this book. He didn't just sit down. He wrote it at the request of many people because back a few you probably recall, maybe as many of your listeners don't, but in 2004, this was a big issue. You had Senator uh, Kerry, who was a senator running for president, Catholic, Going to mass every Sunday, he was playing that. He was on the campaign trail. He was showing up at, at mass on the on the steps of a of a church, you know, playing that that card that, that I'm, I'm Catholic again because that Catholic vote was important. And then he was running against President Bush, who was a Protestant. And the issue came up was Cardinal Burke, at that time, was the Archbishop of St. Louis, and he was interviewed about something else. And then the person said, Senator Kerry is coming to St. Louis. His record is pro-abortion. But he goes to church. Would you give him communion? And Cardinal Burke just honestly said, "No, I wouldn't." On you know, on national news, said I would meet with him. I would try to counsel him. But he is not a Catholic in good standing, and that set off a firestorm. And that really the firestorm in the in the rest of the campaign, and because he, he it was like a, a mark against him, like a stain. He was not a good Catholic because an archbishop had said this publicly when asked about it. Cardinal Burke was not on a campaign against him. He was asked. He gave an honest response. That caused a, such a, a big discussion, too, in, amongst our bishops. In the bishops' conference, they formed a, um, a committee, a subcommittee to uh, discuss the issue. You and I would say, well, what is there to discuss? Well, anyway, you had bishops that's, who were, said you can't deny communion, and you had Cardinal Burke saying there are times when you need to do it. So that was a big discussion. Senator Kerry lost that election to the Protestant George Bush, and he and George Bush carried the um, Catholic vote. That's how important that issue was. And I think it was because he took a very strong pro-life position, and it clarified it there. That's what provoked Cardinal Burke to write this book, because one of the discussions amongst the bishops, what they ended up deciding was each bishop can set a policy in their diocese. Well, how can you have a, each one diocese says 
you can you can go to communion if you're a public sinner here, and the other diocese says, the bishop says no, you can't. So that's really what inspired Cardinal Burke uh, at the request of people because he was known as the greatest canon lawyer. He's probably the greatest canon lawyer in the church today. Um, he was the head of the apostolic signature, and that's why he wrote this book, respecting the body and blood of the Lord when holy communion should be denied. Denied, giving examples of you know lives of saints, shown from Saint Paul. This is this is nothing new. It's nothing new, and the church should should apply this today. So that's really kind of the a little background of how this book came about. One thing that bothers me, I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Is is I'm glad you mentioned it earlier about the 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 this is this is due to public scandal because um, I remember somebody. Somebody on Fox News, who I believe is Catholic, um, and believe me, I don't watch Fox News anymore, but but who was who's Catholic, said, yeah, what's the priest supposed to do? Like, ask everybody coming up for communion? Hey, did you go to confession? Hey, did you go? No, 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 no. Like, that's that, that. See, when people say things like that, again, Tom McKenna, it bothers me beyond belief. You know what you're saying is wrong, because what we're talking about here is public scandal. We're talking about a grave public sin. It's not a matter of a priest is supposed to assume if I go up for con for communion, that I've been to confession. I'm Catholic. I've been to confession. He's not supposed to ask me, but this is a matter of if Nancy, you got to have your head buried in the sand if you're a Catholic priest and you don't recognize Nancy Pelosi coming up to receive Holy Communion. Okay, so let's let's be clear. Let's let's not be naive about that. Um, you any comments on that time, real quick? Well, I, I think it goes to exactly what you're saying. Is for example, where you could take this down to the parish level. If there is a, 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 a couple from the church who go to church, but the priest knows that that, let's say the man or the woman, or I don't know, were divorced without an enrollment, and now they remarried outside of the church. If a pre, if that person came up for communion, the priest would have an, ob have an obligation to say, you know, to deny them communion. Now, they, what, I, what I know some priests have done before is they said, I'm sorry, and they gave them a blessing. So, so nobody even perceived it, maybe. But the priest can't, if, if he knows that, he can't because everyone else is saying, oh, so anyone, he can go to communion. And that's the difference. That's that point you brought up. That's 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 not legitimate to, to use that as an argument because we're all sinners. We know that. We're all sinners. But it's different if, if, if we're sinning and we're going around publicly proclaiming that and saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I'm, 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 I'm unrepentant and I'm going to communion. Most, if, if someone does do that, has a sacrilegious communion, they, they're in the state of mortal sin, God forbid they did something, and they don't go to com confession, and they go to communion, okay, that's on them. The priest, like you said, he assumes you're coming forth, he gives them communion. The sin, the greater sin, the sacrilege would be on the, on the person, and if they go to confession the next time, they would have to say, Father, forgive me, I committed a mortal sin, and in the state of mortal sin, I went to communion, on Sunday, and I receive Holy Communion in that state. Okay, then the, the priest will absolve you from that. And the, I don't know, you know, the circumstances. I know that happens. Maybe you were with a family, you're with someone, and you're embarrassed, and your embarrassment to not go to communion outweighed your situation. Okay, but you can always go to confession and have that forgiven. But you're right. The priest has to assume if someone presents themselves for Holy Communion, unless he knows otherwise, that they are in the state of grace. Yeah, and I think that I, I think it's an important distinction to make. Tom McKenna is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, the book written by Cardinal Burke, respecting the body and blood of the Lord when holy communion should be denied. That's available to Sophia Press. Tom McKenna has written the commentary. Joe Resinello. There's so much you said there to unpack. 
so much. I want to talk about something specifically. You mentioned that like some bishops would say in their diocese, they do this. That's not how the Catholic Church operates. That's not being pastoral. When I hear that term, my antenna immediately goes up. Pastoral doesn't mean you change teaching. We can't change. Even the Pope can't change teaching. There's certain things even the Pope can't change. And talk about that. Because here's another thing I want you to talk about, and I want to tee it up. In 1998, the U.S. bishops came out with five intrinsic evils. It's a document. And this is why I alluded to this earlier. It says it, these, no matter, I'm going to break it down in simple language. It's a sin. It's a grave sin. And no matter how it's committed, who, it, who committed it, any time, no matter when, now or 150 years from now, it's still grave. Abortion, same-sex marriage, euthanasia, cloning, IVF. If I got it wrong, please correct me. They wrote it down, and then they ignore it. I'm from New Jersey, Tom. Don't write it down. It insults me. It's insulting. It's your document. John Paul II also wrote in encyclicals about abortion and about public figures. It's written down. I don't know how it could be confused, okay? How could pastoral approaches change that? Again, I'm not stupid. These are your documents, and you choose to ignore them. They're, it's insulting. Please, it creates scandal for me. I don't even get nuts anymore. I know I'm getting nuts now. I could talk to you for about 15 hours, to be honest with you. Again, it's insulting. Talk about this pastoral. I don't even know where you pull that out of. I'll be honest with you. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I am. I don't know. Well, I, I think as we've we've discussed earlier in the program, you know, pastoral means the priest or the uh, the bishop looking after their flock for the benefit of their flock and not telling the truth to the flock on a moral issue is a sin of omission. It's a sin. You know, I I, I know some priests. You know, another issue that we, we could, I don't want to get off discussing, but I would like to use it as an example, contraception. We know that contraception is is wrong. It's more morally, intrinsically, you know, evil. How many times a year do you hear a homily about contraception? When was the last time you heard one? And not that you have to talk about it every week, but some priests that I know, they make a point, they put it on their calendar that once a year or twice a year, they're going to give a homily. One of they set it aside, make it a point that they are going to talk in a nice pastoral way, not mean, but let people know it. And what's beautiful about that is some of these priests, these friends of mine, they're so so happy that they've had many families come to them to ask them to baptize their baby because the baby was conceived after they heard the homily of the priest. And, and many times people didn't, didn't even know that they were never educated that contraception is wrong. You know, you decide I'm going to have one child or two children, and that's the end of it. Um, and the priests are so related because they gave that one homily or that, you know, once a year, and it affected that family. And, and that family is, is forever grateful to the priests. So how, that's why I ask, you know, contraception is an issue today. So many people practicing it, so many Catholics, and how many parishes? I can't tell you the last time. It's been years, you know. Um, that the pre, I've, I've heard of, you know, a priest make a, make a comment about that, or just, you know, even kind. Tom, just, let me let me cut you off because that's a great point. 
as a married man, we that's a vow. You're going to be faithful, fruitful. Obviously, in your formation, that should be made very clear. If that's not being made clear, that's on you. But people should know that. To your point, is that practiced? Probably not. I, I, I'm going to relate it to my life for a second, just so people know, like, like in terms of I got married late. I've been married 10 years. I have five kids. I lost two. Okay. As a married man, meaning my wife had, and my wife had five C-sections, five, I took vows and I'm going to be judged by them. My wife took vows and I've said this to my wife and my wife's on board. I'm not going to get married to go to hell. Because I am not going to hell to get married. Well, you took vows in holy orders, and that means it's hard. I live in a small house, Tom. We sacrifice. I mean, in plain English, and I'm not waving the Joe Resinello flag, but I took vows. And if you're not going to take them seriously, don't take them. i rather have, and I'm going to go on. I'd rather have one priest than a hundred, one good one, one that takes their vow seriously. It's insulting. It's insulting to every Catholic that does take their vow serious and frankly sacrifices. And then it's just put in your face. Frankly, Tom, I'll be honest with you. It's enough to make you wretch. And, and that's why people leave the church. I would never leave the church because I know Jesus is in the sacraments. But to be honest with you, there's times I could have a fit as I am right now, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, one thing I would like to, to mention, and I think it's important for people to understand, is, you know, priests are, you know, in their defense, priests are people too. And I think many times the priests are intimidated by the world we live in, you know, their people. And I think that's why we need to encourage priests. There's nothing wrong with, you know, getting to know your priest, invite him over and ask him sometime, you know, Father, you know, contraception is wrong. You know, is that something you could, you know, give a homily or discuss about it? Or I was, people could get this book, the, the new book by Cardinal Burke here about denying, respecting the body and blood of our Lord. Buy a copy and bring it and give it to your pastor. Say, look, you know, Father, you know, this is just written by Cardinal Burke. It's got a commentary. You know, I just I thought maybe you would like to you would like to have it and, and give it not in a demanding way. You can't go demand. I want to see you act on this. No, give it in a loving way, and you don't, you don't know who this is going to affect. But we have to we have to keep in mind. We need to try and help those 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 we're all weak, but they're all weak clergy. They're you know those weak we're all weak. And if what I try to do without a work of Catholic action for faith and family and Cardinal Burke is what can we do something? That's why we sent a copy of this book to every bishop, priest, and deacon in the United States. 41,000 copies we sent free of charge to every ordained minister in the United States. It was a lot of money. Yes, we raised the money, but we wanted to do that because we love our clergy. We want to help the clergy, and there's a lot of them bishops as well, that don't have this issue clear. And by helping them to understand it, hopefully some of those will be affected to act more on it, to clarify the issue, to give a homily on it, or to take action. So we have to, we have to be reasonable. But yes, there are those that you know look the other way. But keep in mind, try get a copy of this book, bring it to your priest, share it with them, and, and maybe that would provoke him to... Um, 
reach out to some people to give a homily about something. So we, we can't give up hope because the gates of hell we know will never prevail, even though we are in this valley of tears right now and seeing the unprecedented um, you know, dereliction of duty today. But we have to have hope and try to do something instructive. It's easy for us just, you know, to talk. We can, we can, like you said, we can talk for 15 hours about everything that's wrong. And I believe me, we have to address it. But on the other hand, we, ha we have to look, what can we do or what can I do with my organization or my radio show or my family to make a, a step in the right direction? Is there maybe how many people reach out to their clergy? You know, how many people invite them over and have a personal conversation where you can bring up some of these things? with your priest in the, in the in the convenience of your home, ask him about that. Father, have you ever thought about giving a contraception a, a, a homily? So look for little ways to do that there. We can't just demand because how can we fix some of the, you know, the clergy, if they are weak or they intimidated, can I help them out of that? So I just want to give that notion there too, because we can't just sit around talking about all the problems of the world without coming up with some kind of solutions. Well, well, let me, Tom McKenna, let me throw out this solution because there's a direct relationship between what I'm about to say and this problem uh, that's about, you know, denying people, you know, Holy Communion is the fact that 70 percent of American Catholics do not believe in the real presence. And if you don't believe in the real presence, guess what? If you, if you really think it's a symbol or a cracker, OK, then the, like like Hollywood likes to mock the Eucharist, call it a cracker, um, then, yeah, you're not going to then, then all the things we're talking about really don't come into play because we're not getting back to the basics, the ABCs. You said, what can we do? What's the problem? What's the big pro problem is we don't recognize that that is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. I cannot think of, I couldn't even think, I couldn't conceive. Now, maybe I did, you know, a long time ago, which was wrong, but I could not conceive of going up for Holy Communion, knowing in my heart, knowing in my heart, that, that I ought not be doing that. But again, and it's not judgmental. I, ha I believe it's a problem of catechesis. And if you start there and say, that's Jesus, think about that next time you're in a state of mortal sin. That might have a little bit of an effect. I'd love your comments, Tom. We probably only have a couple minutes left. Well, I, I couldn't agree more with you, and I think that's the root of the problem, is when you have 70% not believing in the true presence, that's a terrible that's a terrible crisis. I mean, I, how much you know worse can it get? Because they're, they're, if, if people don't believe in the true presence, they're not truly Catholic in the, in the, in the, in the, the definition of it, because that is a you, to, to be to be a Catholic, you have to agree with all the the teachings, the truth and morals of the Catholic Church. You have you can't say I think God wasn't. At one point I agree with everything, but here's one. No, no, you have to agree. If it's a moral issue, you have to agree. And I think that this is a result of decades of of this crisis in Western civilization. Is we don't act. You know, there was a there was a French philosopher that had said, if if a person doesn't act the way they think, sooner or later they're going to end up thinking the way they act. And I'll just go back briefly, as you're, I'm sure your audience uh, understands this. When we used to go, you know, the, the church had all these traditions, these rules, like when you entered a church, you genuflected, you used holy water, you you didn't speak. If you had to speak, you whispered. Why? Because you were in a saint, a holy place. Only the priests gave holy communion. And because we believe that was truly our, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord in the tabernacle there. We were, today, with all, a lot of these traditions have been done away with. People don't genuflect anymore. They talk in some churches. It's it's just open open discussion. And everyone, you know, all kinds of people give communion, dressed in all kinds of ways. So the reverence is gone. And so those things, 
now translate, if I don't act, so I believe our Lord is there, so I act accordingly. When I start acting unaccordingly, pretty soon the person's, you know, going up chewing gum, chewing gum to go receive communion. Well, they, they can't believe that's truly there. Or having a hamburger five minutes before going to Mass so you, you break, you don't follow the, the one-hour fast. And I think that's what we have in our families and what you're on the radio show and what we in Catholic Action for Faith and Family do is we need to discuss these things, explain to these things to people why the church had these teachings. And that's what Cardinal Burke has done in this book here, is explaining to people, not just telling people this is what the church, explaining why the church has this teaching about you must be worthy to receive Holy Communion. That's what it's all about. It's not a demand. It's a teaching. It's a loving act that he did writing this book. I agree. Absolutely. And you're very charitable and kind. Joe, I'm we got to go. I'm, I'm sorry. We're running out of time. I want to give Tom a second just to let everybody know where they can find your organization. The book, obviously, Respecting the Body and Blood of the Lord When Holy Communion Should Be Denied, written by Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, and the commentary by Thomas McKenna, who was gracious enough to join us here today. Tom, where could folks buy the book? Where can they find out about more about you and your organization? Well, to buy the book, they can go to sophiainstitute.com, sophiainstitute.com. And for more information about Cardinal Burke and our work with Catholic Action for Faith and family, you can go to catholicaction.org. Catholicaction.org, you can join a campaign that Cardinal Burke once a month prays a rosary on the first of the month, and you can join us and be involved in future activities and work that we conduct. Thank you very Tom McKenna, you are welcome back on the front line with Joe and Joe anytime. This was a great conversation. We thank you so very much. Thank you for having me today. God bless you. God bless you, and thank you all out there at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network for joining us here today uh, on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, uh, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content and where you see Joe and I on social media, primarily uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Help us out. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff, and remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.